Now it's time for Radio Church on 4CRM, presented this week by Pastor Jeff Brand from the Uniting Church in Serena. Church. Welcome to Radio Church on 4 Sour in Mackay, 107.5 FM. Dear ones, I hope and pray you'll be blessed by this next brief hour of praise, of prayer, of teaching, and a brief prayer to begin. We worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are God Almighty, and we thank you earnestly for all you are and all you have done in us and for us. Lord, we have come together today in this radio church service to worship you. 
And so may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds to your Spirit and to your Holy Word and draw us closer in our walk and in our relationship with you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Beloved, the Holy Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And now let's hear from Stuart Townsend as he sings, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found.
listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant and today's message I've entitled The Disciples Love. And if you'll remember, I'm continuing a series I began some time ago uh, on a, from a book called Spiritual Discipleship by J. Oswald Sanders. So this message I've entitled The Disciples Love. Well, God's love is unconditional. It's all-encompassing and it's extravagant. His love is unlike all earthly forms of love. Yet, he seeks for each of us to have and to demonstrate the same kind of love. Now, this love is the greatest sign and indicator of a disciple of Jesus Christ. You may remember what Jesus said in John 13, verse 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. By this, um, actually then he says, uh, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one another. So we're talking today about how not just these disciples in Jesus' time, but you and I as a disciple of Jesus conduct ourselves in love. Now I want to share with you a text today from the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 to 9. For in this text there was a lovely incident in the final days of the Lord, of his earthly life. The chief priests and teachers of the law were seeking a way to have him arrested and killed. And furthermore, this happened just before Judas went to those same Jewish leaders and offered to betray Jesus for money. And between these two acts of evil and wicked intent, there is this beautiful scene. I'll read the text for you. It's Mark 14, verses 1 to 9. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, that's Jesus, Reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and she poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I divide this into three parts, this passage, and the first part I've entitled, What the Disciples Thought. Well, there's no clear evidence, first of all, of the woman's identity. But most people who study this carefully uh, believe it was Mary of Bethany, the sister of Lazarus and uh, Martha, uh, that same Lazarus that Jesus brought back to life. Now, in the ancient East, it was common practice for a woman host to sprinkle a few drops of olive oil or perfume on the head of a special guest. And there was a feast to honour Jesus, and it was being held in the home of Simon the leper. Now, this is only a speculation that perhaps he was the father of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. We just don't know. She did break the neck of the alabaster jar of pure nard and poured all of it over the Lord's head. It was worth more than a year's wages, and this was far more than just a few drops. Now the disciples present and the other guests were appalled, and they spoke out against her act of sheer extravagance. Now if she had just poured a few drops, they would have been quiet, I imagine. That would have been acceptable tradition, as I've just mentioned. But they were offended and incensed by what she had done. Can you imagine? The whole house where this dinner was being held was immersed. It was saturated in the beautiful scent of the nard. It probably wafted down the street. And all those people present would have had it all over them. 
Now, the disciples thought this was sheer extravagance, a case in their eyes of profit and loss. And for them, this was just a simple waste, not a useful act at all in their eyes, because they said she could have sold it, or perhaps she could have saved it, or even used a little on herself. I wonder how you feel about an act of sheer extravagance. I wonder what you consider that people do for the sake of Jesus Christ as a waste. I'll give you some examples. You may have heard of a fellow named Henry Martin. He was an Englishman. And when he finished university at age 20, he received the highest maths medal that was possible to get. He was a genius, a mathematician of the highest possible order. And yet he was determined to go to the East, um, the Middle East, um, and he did. And seven years later, he was dead. But in those seven years, he translated the New Testament into three Eastern languages. In a similar way, there's another fellow, American named William Borden. He was an heir to a huge fortune that his parents and ancestors had, had this big business and he was literally a billionaire in the waiting. He also decided to become a missionary for Jesus Christ and also, uh, in his case, to the Muslim world. Yet he actually died before he even reached the field. But someone wrote a book about him called Borden of Yale. That was his university. And that influenced thousands of people to go and give their lives on the mission field. These are extravagant acts of service and love. And yet they are never overlooked by God. Beloved, I have to ask you, and I have to ask myself, what impresses you in your church life? Are you concerned about expenses? And especially when something extravagant is done for Christ or in his name. Do you delight in lavish acts of freely offered love? Or are you likely to be really offended by them? What would you have thought if you had been at this event? Would you, do you think you would have been kind of on the same mindset as the disciples and the other guests? Or can you see yourself doing something as extravagant as this woman, we think it was Mary, something extravagant that she did? Let's pause for a moment while you're thinking about that. While we hear a couple of songs, Jim Reeves in It Is No Secret What God Can Do, and Lynn Hopkins as she sings The Heavens Shall Declare. There is no night 
welcome to Radio Church on 4CRM, presented by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church at Serena. Today on Radio Church, I've, I've called the disciples love. And first of all, we've looked at this passage in Mark chapter 14 of what those disciples thought about this extravagant act of the woman pouring a jar of expensive perfume over Jesus' head. Now let's look at what the woman thought. Now then this alabaster jar of nard was most likely her most prized possession. It was very expensive, worth a year's wages we were ready. It was possibly a family heirloom. It could have been handed down by grandmother or mother to her. Or perhaps she had struggled for years to save up for it. She could have used it, you know, to beautify herself. Yet she did not use it for herself, but she expended it lavishly on her Lord. An act of utter and spontaneous love. No one prompted her. No one compelled her. It was her great delight to give up her greatest possession for the greatest person in her life. And she did this, notice this, at a time when Jesus could fully appreciate it. After the, 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 the teachers of the law had decided to kill him, and just before Judas went out to betray him. And yet she paid no attention to those present who thought otherwise about what she'd done. She had eyes and intention for Jesus only. She knew she had to do this. She made preparations and she carried it out in love. Beloved, this woman has demonstrated most powerfully how each of us is to offer ourselves to Jesus Christ in his service. Your acts and my acts of service are to be done in the spirit of sacrificial love. As Paul points out in Corinthians 13, the love chapter, I'll read what it says, the first three verses. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, or even to the flames that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. 
That was Paul's viewpoint on the primacy of love. In fact, everything we do in the spirit of love is blessed by God. But if we do the greatest acts of power and success and even miraculous signs, according to Corinthians and Paul, um, without love, that's meaningless and it's empty. I remember as a young believer, a very young believer, I'd only been a Christian about a year or so, I remember in those early months twice hesitating and then not acting because of other people. And then after realising what happened, I determined I would never say no to the Lord again. One of those occasions was I was sitting in church at an evening service and the minister asked for a testimony. And I knew I had to get up, but I felt like I was glued to my pew. But the girl sitting next to me, she was a nurse named, uh, named Kerry Smith, she got up and she spoke and gave a lovely testimony. Then she sat down. And afterwards, when I had a moment, I said to her, Kerry, uh, I wanted to get up, but I couldn't move. And she said something I've never forgotten. She said to me, Jeff, when your heart goes bump, jump. <laughs> Spontaneous acts of love sometimes go against all our fears and anxieties. Do your fears hold you back? Or does love for God compel you to serve Him? Does your love overcome your hesitation and fears? Could you have done something like this lady had done? Planned it, organised it, and then in spite of all the people around her reacting in horror, she broke that jar of ointment and poured it over Jesus' head. A most wonderful and spontaneous act of love. Can you see yourself doing that? Well, while you're thinking about that, uh, let's hear from Steve Green, one of my favourite singers, as he sings a couple of songs, The Household of Faith, which is quite a bit about marriage, and The Mission, which is certainly about ministry. Here's Steve Green.
listening to Radio Church on 4CRM, presented by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church at Serena. Sharon Mackay, 
107.5 FM and you're listening to Radio Church. My name is Jeff Grant and I'm sharing with you a message I've called The Disciples Love. We're looking at the passage in Mark chapter 14 and we first of all looked at what the disciples thought about the spontaneous act of this woman and then we looked at what she thought. And now let's consider what Jesus thought. <laughs> it's the most important thing of all. It says here that Jesus rebuked the disciples and the other dinner guests who, who abused her. Uh, he, abu he rebuked them just the way they rebuked her. And Jesus observed that they could always help the poor at any time if they wanted to. He was almost having a go at them about the fact that they, they needed to do some great sign to help the poor. But you can help the poor sometimes by just a word. Just an act of love, because love really means T-I-M-E. That's how it's spelled. When we share time with people, we're really saying, I care about you. I love you. But then he said, David, you would, you would not always have me with you. I'm, I'm about to go. But this woman understood the time was right to anoint Jesus. And so he commended her beautifully. She had done it for him alone, out of pure self-forgetting love. She saw Jesus' need, what he was going to face. She saw the wonder of all he'd done, all those experiences. She may have been present at some of those miracles and acts of grace that he performed. And she made preparation because she thought, this is the greatest thing I can personally do. Give up this precious ointment and pour it on his head, anointing him for burial. He expressed, Jesus did, that this love act was also prophetic. It would be written about and applauded by immeasurable and countless generations to come. Uh, this also indicated uh, Jesus' confidence that the gospel would, be, would reach and spread to the ends of the earth and that what she'd done would be told in memory of her. The one she did what she could in this beautiful, sacrificial, pure love act. There was no applause from peers and their companions, only from Jesus. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather get applause from Jesus than from the whole world? It reminds me of an act of David when he was king and he needed, needed land to uh, temporarily uh, store the ark of God. And he went to the owner of this land and he said, I want to buy this land off you for the ark. And the man said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, King David, I'll give it to you. And David said, no way. I will not do anything for, for God that does not cost me something. And he paid the full price of the land. Just like David, Jesus was impressed by this woman's act of love. In the same way, he was impressed by the faith of individuals he met. Do you remember the faith of the um, a centurion who had a sick servant? And he said to Jesus, you don't even have to go. Just say the word right now and I believe that my servant will be healed. And there was the Canaanite woman who had a little daughter who was uh, uh, dominated by a demon and she pleaded with Jesus over and over again and he was so impressed by her faith. But beloved, the greatest act of love and faith was Jesus himself going to the cross and he did it for his love for the Father and also his love for all those, you and I, who would believe in him and put our faith in him, that on the cross he paid the penalty for our sin, yours and mine. Beloved, what motivates you in your service for Jesus? You know that, you, do you know that some people in God's church serve out of selfish ambition and even for power and control? But without this love, we have seen described here. And our Lord Jesus is still looking for disciples with hearts like Mary. You know, an act that she did was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It could very well be that Jesus wants each of us to consider what we do when we're confronted with a circumstance that would not be politically correct or an act that, that would bring applause or appreciation, but we know this is what I need to do for God. For Jesus' sake, how would you respond if that situation uh, came to you? And now we'll pause a final time and a couple of songs from Jeff Bullock, 
he sings Lord of All Mercy, and from Robin Mark, as we hear from him, All I Once Held Dear. Here they are.
Radio Church on 4CRN, presented by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church at Serena. Radio Church broadcast on 4CR in Mackay, 107.5 FM. And I'm going to close, as is my custom, with the Jude 24 doxology. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. 
Amen. And now we close with the final song of praise from the Billy Graham Crusade Choir as they sing, There's a New Song in My Heart. Goodbye and God bless until we come together again. from the Billy Graham Crusade Choir, which concludes this week's Radio Church. Next week, we'll be hearing from the Reverend John McKim, representing the Anglican churches, both here in Mackay and from Townsville as well.